Tuesday, October 12th, and you're listening to The Magnificent Fantasy Football Show. Manatee Jackson, Manny Jacks on the mic, uh, bringing you some football action on a Tuesday. You know, opportunity just kind of knocked this morning. I had some time, and why not? Better early than never, am I right? Am I right? Um, we're going to run through the main slate. We're going to talk showdown a little bit uh, for the Thursday night game. Uh, might not get all the, the injury updates right recording this early, but we'll, we'll have some of that stuff on our radar as well. So, last week... Pretty good week. Um, almost all the guys hit that talked about last week. You got the bare minimum <clears throat> discount with Ricky Seals did okay. Obviously would have been much better to have Njoku. Uh, all the running backs really hit. You had uh, Leonard Fournette, James Robinson, Derrick Henry. I think Jacobs got in the end zone. Uh, Nick Chubb, big day. Kareem Hunt, also a big day. Zeke. Big day. So did well with all those guys. Uh must start. Um Devontae Adams, huge day, kind of a good lineup builder. So surprisingly, with so many people that had huge days, it was kind of hard not to have big lineups. So we'll move on. We'll put that one in the books, chalk it up as a W and see if we can keep a streak alive. And it starts Thursday. We've got the Eagles versus the Bucks, And it's an interesting one to think about because you have the Bucks in Philly. So tough environment. Um, you know, prime time coming off of a short week where Tom Brady, Mr. 40-something-year-old, throwing four over 400, touchdown, or 400 yards and five touchdowns. I know he's invincible, but off of a short week with that kind of a workload against a defense that is kind of um, weak against the run. I don't know. I don't see a huge game for Tom Brady, but we're going to start on the other side of the ball with Jalen Hurts, uh, who I do see a big game uh, coming for him. I mean, Brissett did okay against this defense last week. I imagine Hurts is going to do okay against them as well. Uh, you got to like Miles Sanders in this game. If if they use Miles Sanders the way they used Gaskin against this defense, Gaskin got like 10 catches. Uh, that's how you attack this defense. You can't run against them, but pass-catching running backs seem to do pretty well, and that's what Sanders is. So I, I like a big game from Sanders. you got to have him in your lineup. You have to have Hurts because there's not really a goal line running back that's going to vulture touchdowns from him, and he's going to get points. Obviously, you need him. Uh, Goddard was out, uh, didn't practice yesterday due to sickness. Not sure if it's COVID-related or not. It doesn't sound like it is, but not sure how healthy he will be. But for a cheaper price point, I think uh, I think Zach Ertz makes a lot of sense in this uh in this lineup and if you look at the wide receivers your guess is as good as mine i would just pay down void smith 
is going to be getting a lot of uh, Jamel Dean. I think I'm saying that right. Who third year pro looking pretty good has had a great career. It's going to be a tough day for Smith. But Watkins has been slowly out snapping Jalen Rager. So it's still kind of a uh, coin flip for me. If you want to go Watkins or Rager, I wouldn't try to build with both of them. Rager's going to be seeing a lot of Sherman who old man Sherman on the outside. Not sure how much he's got left in him. And uh, Watkins works the slot and he's going to be facing another veteran, uh, Ross Cockrell. On uh, the slot, he's been doing pretty good. And uh, how old is this guy? He's 30. He had four or four wheels when he was a rookie. I don't know. I don't know if he's still got those wheels or not. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards the Watkins just with he finally outsnapped Rager last week. Um, but yeah, Hertz, Sanders, lock him in, and then do one Watkins lineup, do one Rager lineup, see how it looks. And then if you look on the other side of the ball, like I said, a lot of people are going to be running high off of last week and just auto locking in Brown and Evans and Brady in their lineups. I'd stay away. Um, just because of that and because of a short week and all those things, I think if they look at the film, they know they can attack the Eagles on the ground. Uh, and I, I you have to lock in for a net. I think with how bare minimum of a price Rojo is, I think it's like 23 or something. Definitely worth trying to get some exposure to that. But I'm going to try to stay away from some of these guys like Brown and Evans. So for locking Hertz, Sanders, Fournette, um, I'd say and Ertz, especially if Goddard's out or limited. Uh, you have to do, I don't know, kind of like Godwin. It's still kind of a coin flip with these three wide receivers, but the defense is really tough on the perimeter. So you got to... You got to think that's going to be way more challenging for Brown and Evans, although they made perimeter cornerbacks look uh, really bad last week versus two of the top cornerbacks with the Dolphins and Xavier, Xavier Howard and uh, Byron Jones. So who knows, it can be done, but these are really good perimeter cornerbacks. So if we uh, just kind of dial into this game, I'm going to stay away from it. Uh, Godwin facing Avante Maddox is a very beatable matchup. So I'd say uh, lean towards Godwin and, I don't know, a tight end. O.J. Howard, Cameron Braid didn't have any targets last week. But I don't know if with this coming off a short week, keep saying it, but I can see this Bucks defense or offense leaning on the ground game and leaning on the short throws in the slot and the tight end. So do with that what you will, but I'd lock in um, those guys I mentioned and then get a little exposure to Godaman and Howard and Brait, but then definitely lock in. Oh, and Rojo, Ronald Jones, sneak him in a few, but 
build a base around Fournette, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, um, Zach Ertz, and uh, one of those other wide receivers, Quez Watkins or Rager, is what I'd say. All right, we'll move on. We'll look at first game of the slate. We're not going to touch the the London game, Miami versus Jacksonville, but uh, if you do a showdown in that one, James Robinson is your guy. That's all I got to say. All right, so Green Bay is going to Chicago. And Green Bay's defense has not been doing too well. And you still have uh, the Bears' offense running without Montgomery. Um, You know, Damian Williams looked pretty good last week. But I don't really... He still doesn't scare me as a goal line running back. And they played from ahead a lot of that game last week. So I could see Fields actually having to throw the ball this week. And the Green Bay defense just got shredded. Uh, Well, I guess kind of got shredded last week uh, through the air. But Burrow, I think he had under 300 yards passing. Anyway, Jamar Chase just torched him. So I can see Fields having to throw a lot more. And you can definitely throw against the Green Bay defense. Uh, Allen Robinson Mooney might have some nice games. And definitely with a low ownership. And they're all like minimum price. Uh, for Fields, he's like 52. And you got Mooney and Robinson. I'll try to pull up some prices for y'all. Give me a second. But I definitely think it's a good game to target Bears. A low ownership and low prices. Those are the two combos that win you some dollars. So we'll put those guys on the list. We're going to go Fields. And then we're going wide receivers, A-Rob. And Money Mooney, who I feel like always deserves the money drop. Am I still recording? Oh, okay. Thought it closed out. Money Mooney. There you go. All right. So... Yeah, Fields is 51. You got A-Rob is 53, and Mooney is 43. So very cheap options, low ownership. Uh, Flip sides, Adams just blew up last week. Bears have a pretty good young cornerback in Jalen Johnson. Second year, uh, second round pro. I think he's going to make it a little bit more challenging for Adams, who had a way better matchup for some Bengals last week. So I'm going to fade when other people are probably going to other people are probably going to stay on. And I, I'm seeing a pretty good day for Aaron Jones in this game. Um, so the offense, the scheme might kind of shift towards that. And you see, Cobb has a really good matchup in this game as well. So I'm going to go. Aaron Jones and Cobb, and plus matchups for this one. We're going to fade at their price points. Aaron Rodgers and uh, Devontae Adams, who's now 9,000. He was 82 last week. If I recall correctly, um, all right, and Cincinnati is going to Detroit. 
Uh, it would be an auto lock start mixin, but it's been kind of banged up. And this is what I'm thinking with Cook was coming out of the same situation last week. Uh, he was kind of banged up, split the snaps with Madison before he faced the Lions. And then the Vikings are like, okay, who do we got this week? We got the Lions. Cook's kind of banged up. Do we want him to share the workload again? And they said, no, let's just let him sit out. We'll let Madison play against the lowly Lions. And I kind of feel like the same thing's going to happen with Mixon, so we're not going to touch it. Uh, but we'll start on the Lions' side of the ball. Inverse the Bengals. <clears throat> um, Cephas messed up his shoulder last week. So I don't know how good that's going to be. This defense has been pretty good at containing really good running backs all year. So I'm not touching that. They're pretty good towards the tight end. So I'm going to put Bengals defense. <laughs> I don't think I've ever put a defense on my list before, but it's the Lions. No surprise there. How much are the Bengals? Stupid defense. They are 34. So not even top of the tip of tap. So really like the Bengals defense this week. And we will flip it and talk Bengals offense. So I said fade Mixon, which is just makes it tough. If um, just depends on how they move the ball the first few drives and who scores, and then how they just want to control the clock and manage the game from there. Because I think it's going to be a really easy victory for them. They're not. It's not going to be a shootout. It's not going to be a ton of passing yards. So some of these guys are going to have good games, but not stealing games. We're just not going to touch and we're going to move on to the next game where we got the Houston Texans uh, going down to Indy to face the Colts. All right, so we'll start on the Colts side of the ball, who looked pretty good versus the Ravens. Uh, Heart, teen heartthrob, JTT, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Thomas is the real deal. Obviously, we knew that um, he was going to be able to run all over this Texans defense, who, if, if this game can stay competitive, uh, the Texans defense is actually pretty good. Their linebacking core is bad. Their D-line is above average. They have pretty good safeties, decent perimeter cornerbacks, and um, they're definitely beatable in the slot. So I don't think the Colts are going to have to throw it a lot. They don't really want to be a passing offense. So I'm definitely going to say this is a smash spot for JTT. Uh, so Jonathan Taylor, you make the list. And do we think rookie cornerback, rookie quarterback Davis Mills, does he have it in him for another 300-yard performance and three touchdowns uh, versus this uh, Colts defense? I'm, I'm going to say no. Um, are the Colts defense better than the Patriots defense? I'm not, not too sure anymore. I don't know how to answer that, but... You know, I, th I think Mills does okay. I think Cooks does okay. 
I mean, he's got Rhodes. He's facing Xavier Rhodes. Not quite the shutdown cornerback uh, that we're used to. So you could see a lot of volume from Cooks, especially if uh, they're forced to throw it a lot in this game. Um, God, You know what? I don't even know who the ball went to last week. I didn't follow that Houston Texans game whatsoever. So let's just see what kind of volume Cooks even got. I know Conley got a bomb. I saw the highlight on that one. Uh, so last week, he had Cooks had five targets, three catches. So probably not a lot of people that are going to be on that. I think they're going to have to lean on him again. He's 58, so 58 is kind of at that point where it's like, uh, I don't know. But I don't think Chris Conley, who had 84 yards and a touchdown after um, week four and week three, had a goose egg, one target, one target. Week two, he had two targets. Week one, he had two targets. I don't think that volume is going to continue. And Chris Moore, that's right. He had the big game. And um, I'm not too thrilled about that either. He's men price 31, but I mean, he has had goose eggs the first four weeks and then all of a sudden had five targets for over 100 yards and touchdowns. So not chasing that. And I think this is a Cooks game. So he makes the list. Cooks at 58. And we're moving on. That's all we want to look at here. And we'll go Los Angeles going to New York to face the Giants. And Danny Dimes. Who's he going to be throwing the ball to this week? No clue. But for me, I don't think it really matters. Um, Especially, actually, this is what would be kind of interesting to me. I don't care if... uh, Tony, or if um, Sterling Shepard, if Sterling Shepard is healthy, it doesn't really matter to me. I don't want to attack the Rams' defense in the slot. That's where Ramsey has been living this year. He was kind of a shadow cornerback for his entire career, just would face the top guy and stick with him, but not really go in the slot. And now he's now he just lives in the slot and shuts down the slot, so they kind of have to force it to the outside. So if Galde is out, I'm actually interested in John Ross. It's weird saying that, but he's been looking really good. His grab, I don't know if his grab in the end zone got called back or not, but he, I mean, he looked good. He looked explosive. He looked um, very talented catching the ball. And uh, yeah, I think people could be sleeping on Ross in this game. Um, They're not going to be able to run the ball against the Rams. Uh, and Aaron Darnold without a uh, without Barkley, so they're gonna have to throw a ton, and it's gonna have to be on the perimeter. Either to Galladay if he he's healthy. I'm not sure the extent of his injury at this moment, but we're gonna do Galladay, and if he's out, I'm firing up Ross at min price. I'm I'm sure of it. We'll just double check though. So Galladay's 57. Oh, I think he's already doubtful. Hyperextended knee. Okay. So, yeah, he's not expected to play. So, we're, we're saying it peeps. Um, let's see if Slayton. Slayton would be interesting, too. With Galladay out. 
So, okay, no Galde, but we're going to do a Slayton slash John Rizeras. And John Ross is 31, Slayton's at 38. So, really like those values. Slayton slash Ross, just depending on health. Um, I think it's a coin flip. Slayton plays, I still kind of like Slayton and Ross. If it was Galde, I wouldn't even thought about Ross. But if Slayton's out, fire up John Ross, that's all I got to say. Thank me later. Hot take, low ownership, low price, big points. Uh, we'll flip it, and you can run the ball against the Giants. So you got to love Henderson. Uh, you can pass the ball against some kind of... Uh, I mean, I keep saying that their perimeter cornerbacks are really good. Um, Julian Love working the slot. Not so good, so you see a good Cooper Cup game. So Cup for sure makes the list. And Henderson making that list. Uh, he's been splitting the ball a little bit more with Sony Michelle, so he, now it makes me not as excited about Henderson, but not enough for me to be completely off of him. And at Henderson's price, we'll do a quick price check. Henderson is sitting at uh, 6000 Michelle is at 4300 and let's see, last week, uh, Michelle touched the ball 12 times, which is the most he's touched the ball with a healthy Henderson. But Henderson was still kind of coming back. Or no, he was hurt in week three. Anyway, Henderson still got the ball. He had 18 touches. So I'm not worried about Henderson's workload at six. You got to like it. You got to fire it up. Um, so Cup and Henderson on that side of the ball. And then we'll look at Chiefs going to Washington to play the Washington football team. And both these teams are two and three, surprisingly. Uh, so this will be an interesting one. We'll start on Washington's side of the ball who they can do whatever they want against this defense. Fire up whoever you want. I'm going to focus in on McLaurin, Ricky Seals-Jones, Tyler Henneke, uh, Antonio Gibson, slash J.D. McKissick. Kind of like all of those options. So if we look at prices, Heineke's 58, Gibson's 65, Kissick is 48. Uh, McLaurin is 71. I almost have to auto start that. And Ricky Seals is 3,000. So, yeah, almost this entire Washington football team offense makes the list. Heineke, put him down. We'll put Gibson down. 65, still manageable. If you knew he was going to get the workload, um, he'd be an auto start. J.D. McKissick at his price is pretty interesting, especially with Curtis Samuel going out again. I think, um, let's see how McKissick did three weeks ago before McKissick came in. And that was kind of weeks two and weeks three were kind of uh, McKissick games. Uh, week two versus the Giants, he had six targets, 83 yards rushing or receiving. And that's what you want out of McKissick. He needs to get 
uh, the ball thrown to him. And that was kind of a shootout, 30 to 29. They're definitely have, going to have to pass in this game. So McKissick is interesting in this one. Didn't realize McKissick has a Batman logo tattoo on his chest. Okay, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Check out his headshot. If you've seen tattoo on his chest and your peripheral never really looked at it, it's the Batman logo. So Jamie McKissick uh, might be sending out the, the bat signal this week versus the Chiefs. Stay tuned. Um, Yeah, you're, you're starting McLaurin. No, he's the start of the week versus the Chiefs. He's going to get a ton of volume. He's going to get a ton of yards, and hopefully he gets a touchdown. So Terry, Terry McTerry going on the list for sure. And um, who's going to get the ball for the Chiefs? So you can definitely beat these cornerbacks. And Ty Freak Hill is, he's got to be a lock in this game. Um, you got to like Daryl Williams at min price. I mean, 40, well, not min, but for that type of volume, 4,900, he's the chalk, uh, and you don't want, you don't want to lose advantage with the field getting a, a discounted Daryl Williams, who, if you think about it, he's almost like a Clyde plus because they actually throw the ball to Daryl Williams. So imagine this just being Clyde in this game for 4,900 and Clyde getting the workload and actually getting passes thrown to him. It might surprise you and um, play more McKinnon and kind of treat Daryl like they did with Clyde and make him run the ball more and throw the ball to McKinnon, but who knows. You have to start Daryl Williams and you have to start Tyreek Hill. Um, Kelsey's going to have a big game. If you want to pay up for him at 7,000, which isn't terrible for, for Kelsey, actually at that price, you might have to work him in actually. So we'll put him in. Makes the tight end list next to Ricket Seals. Um, Kelsey. Ty Freak. And Daryl. Daryl. Williams. All right. Who do we got next? Who we got? Who we got? We got Minnesota Golden Carolina. The game everyone's been waiting for. Um and Sammy D versus this uh Vikings D. You know, it's gonna be tough for them to run the ball. McCaffrey might be back in this one, so it might not matter. So Sam Darnold might have a good passing volume game. And uh, his receivers are going to win, especially if he's throwing to McCaffrey. Uh, Moore is going to win facing uh, above average cornerback Patrick Peterson. But I don't know if the 31-plus-year-old can hang with the, the young stud in DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson, I can see him having a bounce back game versus one of the worst starting cornerbacks in the league. From a PFF grade perspective, Bashad Breland, not looking good for you. So really like DJ Moore. Really like Robbie for comeback game. 
And really like Sammy D. Sammy. All right. Other side of the bazaar. Let's do a quick price check, though, before we move on. Carolina. Sammy D, 61. Uh, McCaffrey, 88. I think that's too rich for my blood coming off of an injury versus stout, unstopping defense. Although we will get passing volume if he's out there. But DJ Moore, 73. Robbie Anderson at 48. That's too cheap for a very um, huge potential breakout game for him versus Rashad Breeland. Almost have to auto start that. All right. Uh, okay. Vikings offense versus a really tough um, Panthers defense who, yeah, it's going to be really tough to throw the ball against them. I think they're starting linebackers out. Shaq or whatever his name. I can't think of his name right now. So, you know, it could be kind of sneaky to start you up some uh, Dalvin Cook in this game. The Vikings were just trying to rest him up for a much more challenging matchup. Uh, you can run against the the Panthers right now. Their D-line is not the greatest. Their linebacking core is not the greatest right now either. A little beat up. So, could be a surprise Delvin Cook game if they give him the full workload, and he's only 77. So, should see some low ownership with that um, uncertainty. Something to keep an eye out. See how they're um, talking about him in practice, if he's a full participant, whatever the case may be. Delvin Cook might be very, very sneaky. All right. Uh... The Chargers going to Baltimore. <clears throat> so we've got Lamar Jackson, who should be able to have a huge game. Um, I don't know if you saw the stats last night. I didn't stay up for the whole game because... Or wait, was that Sunday? Yeah, it was Sunday night. No, it was last night. Anyway, losing track of my days here. Um but Lamar Jackson is throwing more than he ever has, and he is getting more yards per carry than he ever has. So if the Chargers force another shootout like they did versus the Browns, there's going to be a lot of points to Lamar Jackson, uh, Mark Andrews, to Hollywood Brown, Sammy Watkins. You might get your uh, Minnesota fans, you're going to hate me for butchering his name, Rashad Bateman. Is that his name? Rashad. Yeah, I got it. All right, perfect. I think he might make his debut in this game, which makes me a little nervous about how they're going to distribute um, the ball through the air when uh, they don't really throw the ball in the air that much. So he might sneak through for a decent little day, but I'm not going to call it in his debut. But you got to like Sammy at 43 and Marquise Brown at 59. Uh, but got to love Lamar Jackson running the ball versus Stevens. Maybe that's the thing. Um, you know, the Browns and Joku had a crap ton of fantasy points last week. 
And the Browns offense is kind of kind of like the Ravens in that they're more conservative, keep it on the ground more. Uh, their wide receivers didn't have a ton of points. So maybe you just really focus on Mark Andrews at 52, who definitely makes the list. Lamar Jackson for sure makes the list. And um, I'm going to stay away from Hollywood Brown at 59. It's a little too rich. But Sammy Watkins is interesting, so we'll put Sammy. And then we'll flip and see if Mike Williams can keep it going. Um, I mean, got some, some call-outs for my devotion with Mike Williams and some of my other leagues. And um, I think those folks are maybe a little bit more surprised that he broke out than I did, but second year, Justin Herbert. And you've got Mike Williams in a contract year. He was a free keeper for me in one of my leagues. Um, so yeah, that, that one worked out for me, I gotta say. But the uh, Pittman had, I know Pittman had a good game against the Ravens last night. So Williams certainly could do it as well but their secondary does kind of scare me <clears throat> and williams price really scares me <laughs> so i don't see a ceiling game for him at 8100 so i'm staying away um but keenan allen a little underpriced at 64 could have a nice game here and you can definitely attack the ravens in the slot so we're going to actually put Keenan and fade Mike. And you almost have to start Austin Eckler. You almost have to lock him in. Um, he's been on fire. He's going to need to have a good game against um, the Ravens and how I'd predict this game script to, to go. And he's 79. So you have to start Eckler. Don't fuck that one up. Um, all right, just a few, three more games to go through here. So we've got Arizona going to Cleveland, the five and zero only undefeated Arizona Cardinals going to Cleveland Brown, Cleveland Brown, uh, to, um, probably force another shootout. So predicting a high point total here as well. And we'll start on the Browns side of the ball who they might have to throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, it's kind of tricky to predict because the Cardinals have a similar defense to the Chargers, but they're a little stronger uh, linebacker, um, but have two really good defensive ends, not the best interior de interior defensive linemen. So you can see Chubb and Hunt doing their thing a little bit. Um, so yeah, maybe they do just kind of move the ball the same way and uh, target the tight ends. I, yeah, I think I'm just kind of predicting a very typical Browns offense in this game, not going to Beckham, not going to any of those wide receivers, but... Uh, Austin Hooper, all three of those tight ends on the Browns side of the ball are in play in this game. I'm not going to chase Njoku again, but it'd be wise to at least have 
one lineup with him. He's the the highest priced tight end in this offense right now at 37. And if we look at it, um, I don't know why, but Austin Hooper wasn't even targeted last week. So maybe that's that's worth a little bit more research. Harrison Bryant wasn't even targeted last week. So if this is another shootout and they're not targeting, you know, their carousel of tight ends and the Njoku show, show now, you know, seven targets, 149 yards. I mean, his long was 71 yarder. So even if he has six catches for, uh, what, 80 yards, I mean, that's a good game. So, all right, we're going to chase it. We're going to do Njoku. <laughs> At 37, uh, becomes extremely interesting, makes it kind of hard to pay up for other guys, and probably high ownership too um, after that game last week. But not as high as you would think, I'd say. And um, yeah, Chubb and Hunt will do their thing in this game, but price-wise, 72 for Chubb and 62 for Hunt makes me a little nervous. Spin up for that in a timeshare, so we're gonna stay away. And you know what? If Justin Herbert can have a huge game against the Browns, so can Kyler Murray. So he's for sure in play. Um, we gotta pay up for him at 79. So hail Murray. And I think Hopkins could have a good game. It's just tough to know how. The passing offense is just going to funnel to some of these wide receivers because they're all really good. Kirk is going to do very well. Hopkins is going to do very well. Rondell Moore is going to do great. A.J. Green is going to suck. Don't do that one. Max Williams is hurt, so don't put him in your lineup. Um, Chase Edmonds, maybe. Maybe he does okay. He's 56. And he's been getting, I don't know, about five or six targets a game. Um, Not worth it for me. So Kyler Murray, that's the only guy I want in this offense in a shootout. So should should be worth it if you pay up for him. All right, so we have the Vegas Grudenless. Raiders going to Denver. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how this offense responds to all the really poor press that Gruden got that lost him his job uh, by personal choice, but probably for the better with that type of attention that he received in the public eye. But they're going to have a tough time without their head coach. So that's a fact. And the Broncos probably going to do pretty well moving the ball with Sutton and on the ground versus the Raiders. Um, and if the Raiders are shooken up, shaken up, shooken up, um, Broncos are going to be able to do their conservative ground control type of style offense. So timeshare running backs, Fant will do good. Sutton will do good. Tim Patrick will do good. Kendall Hinton, undrafted, 
uh, been taking up the slot snaps for Hamler has been doing pretty good. So if this was a shootout, I'd be kind of intrigued. Definitely intrigued with Sutton, but we're staying away. And there's a really tough defense without their head coach. I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I'm staying away. And um, I'd be interested in the Broncos defense who you can get for 39 so consider it and last game of the slate best for last with the dallas america's team cowboys going to new england to foxborough and uh mac jones was a pretty tough defense they will hopefully have their starting offensive line back in this game uh, with many of them on the COVID list. So that's a big upgrade for them. And their running game, uh, Damian Harris, I think, is banged up. I don't know if he's going to play this game. I don't think it matters which running back does. Cowboys have been really good at stopping the run. Uh, if you want to attack the Cowboys, it's not at the perimeter. So your boy Jacoby Myers should have a very good game. Especially in a game where Patriots are going to have to do unpatriot-like things and try to air it out a little. So Jacoby Myers at 55, definitely in play. Jacoby. And for the Cowboys. So Davis Mills just picked apart this defense last week but still pretty good defense um i think amari cooper does well i think cd lamb does pretty well i think this whole offense does pretty well but i don't know if they're gonna get gonna have to force a shootout they're definitely gonna win with schultz cooper lamb wilson ezekiel elliott uh, Pollard, so kind of like all those guys, not seeing it funnel to one individual player. Um, so we'll look at price points before we make a decision. We got CeeDee Lamb at 65, Cooper at 6. So that's interesting. Schultz at 49 is too rich. Elliot 71. Little pricey, but but not considering what you think the game script might be. Um, messed up his back a little bit on the pylon last week. He has some soreness. His back and rib cage. So maybe in what should be an easy win, Pollard gets a few more touches, so I'm staying away from that backfield. But uh, Cooper... At six and Lamb at sixty-five. I'd say more so Cooper at six. Especially if Cooper is completely healthy by then. Kind of hurt his hammy, I guess. I don't know. It's a tough one. I want to squeeze some of this offense in, but it's kind of tough for me to justify it. But at six K, we'll put Cooper as a maybe. And that's all we got for the slate just in time because I have to work in five minutes. Um, so if we look at the list here at quarterback, we have fields for 
min price 5100 uh heineke is below six sam darnold just above six lamar jackson don't remember his price off the top of my mind but um you know in a smash spot he's probably gonna have low ownership and do very well and he's 74 uh you probably would want to spend an extra 500 for Kyler Murray. Just my opinion. And then at running back, um, have some smash plays here with Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Daryl Henderson. Uh, Gibson and McKissick could have really good games, but there's better chalk here. Uh, I think I'm going to take him off the list after looking at this. But it still is intriguing versus the Chiefs. But Daryl Williams, um, very chalky. Dalvin Cook is very interesting. Austin Eckler is very, very chalky. So lots of chalky RBs that you don't really want to go away from. I'd start 3-1 in your flex this week. And a wide receiver, kind of a hodgepodge of A-Rob and Mooney at low price, low ownership. Um, A-Rob at 53, Mooney at 43. Could be interesting with the Bears actually needing to throw the ball in the game. Uh, Randall Cobb pretty cheap should be pretty interesting as well um he's pretty cheap at uh at 39 you got cooks who a lot of people should be off but he is the guy there he gets a ton of volume and it's surprisingly it's surprising he didn't in a game where uh, mills did really good so expect that one to bounce back up at low ownership and a low price um I mentioned at length Slayton and Ross, that whole debate. That could be really interesting if you need some value. Cooper Cup's going to have a bounce back, good game. Uh, it's not going to be the Robert Wood show in that one versus the Giants with uh, pretty good perimeter cornerbacks. Terry McLaurin versus the Chiefs. You can't you can't not have him in your lineup. Um, Tyreek Hill, kind of the same thing. Uh He's going to need the ball. 8,500 is pretty expensive for him, though. And I expect Kelsey to kind of split the volume with him. So it depends on if you can afford him. DJ Moore is very interesting. I think he's 73. But more so interesting to me in, in a bounce back is Robbie Anderson versus the lowest graded PFF graded starter starting cornerback that I've seen in the NFL. So Robbie Anderson, 48. Really like it. Uh, Sammy Watkins, if you want to get risky, uh, is pretty cheap. Keenan Allen, pretty cheap as well. Mike Williams draws a tougher matchup, so um, maybe some, some more volume going to Keenan. Jacoby Myers, very interesting in this game. Uh, he gets a ton of volume. I don't think he's ever gotten a career touchdown yet, but maybe this is the week versus the Cowboys. Jacoby Myers at 55, Mari Cooper at 6. Kind of went through that debate. Very interesting. Uh, then at tight end, you've got Ricky Seals at 3, Travis Kelsey. I think he's at 7. That was kind of uh, surprising to see. Very cheap. Yep, 7K price for uh, Travis Kelsey. So if you don't want to roll the dice and you'll get a Kelsey-like game, um, go Kelsey. Mark Andrews should get a lot of volume if Njoku, Njoku could get it done versus the Chargers. You'd think Andrews would have a big game at 52. 
Um, Njoku is in play again this week at 37. It's kind of tough to not go there, but you could easily get burned. So buyer beware. And I put down Bengals D, so they're playing the, the Lions. Pretty cheap price, but don't pay up. Don't pay up for them if you don't have to. So that's that's the list. That's where you want to focus. That's how you'll make that money. And um, yeah, good luck, everybody. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one. I feel like there's a lot of low ownership guys to target, and uh, a lot of uh, low price values out there. So have fun building those lineups. Get creative and make that cheddar gouda cheese. Peace out, y'all. Time to work. It's 8 o'clock. Shit.